Yeah, you can clap for the Apostles' Creed. It's all right, everybody. When you came in today, when you came in today, everybody should have gotten one of these. Uh, one of the reasons why I like to um, reach back to the past and bring it into the present is because it reminds you and me that we're part of something much larger. For centuries and centuries and centuries, Christians all over the world have been reading this creed as a reminder of what matters most for the Christian faith. And so on today, I want us to read it together just to remind us that we're a part of something so much bigger than who we think we are in our own little cubicles, in our own little home, in our own little offices. We're a part of something for centuries and centuries before. Men and women have been living for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so will you read it with me, please, everybody, as we walk through the Apostles' Creed, just to remind you of what men and women have been saying for years. Let's read it together. It should be in your handout, meaning you shall got one when you come in, or you can read it on the screen, whatever campus you're a part of. Will you read it? Stay seated. Will you read it with me? Here we go, everybody. I believe in the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered on the Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead, ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of God the Father. For there he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. Stop right there. This is where we are. In the book of Revelation, oh, he is coming back. From there, read it with me again. He shall come to judge the quick and the, I believe in the, the church universal, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The reason you need to do this every now and again, with, even with your family, is to remind them that your faith is not a faith that began with you. It spans thousands and thousands of years. And so in light of that, we're going to deal with the part today that talks about the fact that he shall come to judge. This whole creed is an overview of what matters most, what we should hold on to, what we should fight for in our Christian Faith. So, um, wherever you're joining us from today, whether you're joining us from Garland, thank you for being here. Whether you're joining us from Prosper, thank you for hanging out from the Lou in Louisville. What a joy it is that you get to be with us and that we get to be with you. From Dallas, and our team is meeting today in our Fort, Fort Lauderdale uh, area as well. And so we want to thank you for being a part of the family on today as well as our global community. If you don't mind, will you stand with me, please? And let's read the word of the Lord. We're going to read about some bowls today as, um, as you would have it. We're going to read about seven bowls. And as God pours each one, out what happens in the community and in the world is what we're going to learn today. We're going to read about uh, two beasts, uh, one in chapter 13, 1 through 10, the other in the passage we're going to read, verses 11 through 18, and then we're going to go through the text and see as we go from chapter 13 through chapter 16 of the book of Revelations today. All right? The book of what? Revelation. No, no, no. There's no S. I set you up. 
the book of Revelation. Good. You got it. All right. Since we're going international today, let's read the, let's read the text, everybody. Here we go. Read it. Let's hear. Listen, God. Then me look and see one of the wild animal. I come out of the earth. Him did have two Oh, my arms, bad. My like bad. I'm sorry. I mean, I'm not out. in Jamaica. Sorry. My bad. Um, my bad. My bad. I just want to heal up all the yardies today. Enough respect if you come from Jamaica. I just, I, there's no other joking in the text today, so I had to come up with something to make you smile early. So um, I thought I'd go international and talk a little patois to you. Any Jamaicans in the house today? Not one? Anybody, if you're a Jamaican in here, say, yeah, man. No, 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 no. Just because you go to Jamaica don't mean you're Jamaican. I don't know what the heck y'all talking about. Yeah, man. No, 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 no. <laughs> Whatever campus, only, only Caribbean people can say Yaban, all right? So if you're from America and you visit, that ain't you. Stay right there. But if whatever campus, if you're in Prosper, Louisville, Garland, wherever you are, if you're from, only if you're from the Caribbean, do you get to say, yeah, man. All right, if you, by the way, the only reason I'm doing Scott, this is the only time you get to laugh. The rest of it is depressing. So I got to do something. So I got to do something today. So here we go, here we go. Just, just, just if you're from the Caribbean or if, you're, if your mama was from the Caribbean, only one generation. Don't be talking about only one. All right, say, say yeah, man. Some of you lying in the house of the Lord. Some of you lying, but it's okay. I'm going to let the Lord deal with you. I'm going to let the Lord. Let <laughs> me look and say. Anyways, go to the real Bible. I mean, yeah, yes, here we go. This, this is the text today, okay? All right. By the way, if you're new here today, I'm sorry. We do worse things than this all the time. Just come. You never know what's going to happen. It's one big joke sometimes. And then we get serious, as you will see in a minute, because it gets depressing. Um, so here we go. Ready? Let's read. Then I saw another beast rising out of the earth. It had two horns like a lamb, and it spoke like a My God today. It exercises all the authority of the first beast in its presence and makes the earth and its inhabitants worship the first beast. Stop right there. So now I've got to give you a little explanation. In chapter 13, verse 1 through 10, is where the first beast shows up. The two beasts and the dragon. The two beasts are, are, are going to support the dragon. The dragon represents uh, Satan. The other one represents the Antichrist. And listen to me now, everybody. One has uh, political power. One is going to have economic power. And both those engines are going to drive us to a one world government because everybody wants peace. Everybody's looking for peace. And it's going to set it up. Now, notice there are three. The dragon and two beasts. All Satan can do is imitate. He's not an original. All he can do is imitate. What's he imitating? The Holy Trinity. The Father, the Son, and the Spirit. So now he comes with the dragon, the beast one, and beast two. Imitation. What's he trying to do? Let's read and see what he's trying to do with this. Um, whose mortal wound was healed. Next verse, verse 13. It performs great signs, even making fire come down from heaven to earth in front of people. Next verse. And by the signs, 
stop. By the signs, don't miss this verse, that it is allowed. One more time, that it is allowed. This is good news for you. Whatever it is that the devil trying to do in your life, it has to be allowed to do it. That's good news for you. Remember this when you're going through your darkest hour. Because the only reason it's happening is because God is allowing it. And if he's allowing it, he knows that he has given you everything you need to deal with it. So I need you to know, don't let the devil lie at you. If it comes to you, God has to first check the box that it is allowed. Satan ain't nothing. Well, see if us in Jamaica could say this. In America, you love your dogs too much. I wanted to say, Satan ain't nothing but a dog. But some of you are going to be offended. Um, So, um, um, Satan ain't nothing but a wild beast. (laughs) And he's on a leash. And he can only go where God appoints him to go. So don't, 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 don't worry and fret about what happens to you because if it does, God allows it and he's given you everything you need to handle it. Come on, let's read the text. That's a significant point in the whole book. Here you go. Um, allowed to work in the of the beast. It stop right there. Lord have mercy. His whole job is to deceive you. God wants you to flourish, and you will flourish if you are following his word. He says, I have created life for you to flourish so that you can have life and have it more abundantly. The devil's job is to deceive you that God's lying on you, and you need to try something else. Deceives those who dwell on earth, telling them to make an image for the beast that was wounded by the sword and yet lived. Verse 15. And it was huh, to give to the image of the beast so that the of the beast might even speak and might cause those who would not the image of the beast to be my God today. Next verse. Also, it causes all both 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 to be marked on the or the forehead, 17, so that no one can buy or sell unless he has the marks. Stop right there. There's coming a moment when if you don't have the mark, you ain't going to eat. Where you ain't going to buy nothing or sell nothing. Which means for seven years, you are going to have nothing to do but trust God. Here's why this is important. Because the beast's job is to say, you better pledge allegiance to me or else you shall die. That's the goal. No, the church is raptured. It's the 144,000 witnesses that are going through and trying to win people to Christ. By the way, whenever you see God's wrath, God's wrath is an invitation to his loving arms. Let me say that again. Whenever you see God's wrath, somebody say God's wrath. It is an invitation. to. In other words, God says, I'm trying to help you flourish. But you keep acting a fool. So I'm trying to tell you, if you don't stop, make a U-turn, you're going to be hurt. And so it is an invitation to love. 
Now, if you don't get that, you're going to think God's this mean person trying to get you. No, he's not. His patience is so long-suffering that he is waiting on you and me to change our minds. Watch the text. It gets better. It gets better. Start here. That is the name of the beast or the number of his name. Last verse. Here it is. This calls for wisdom. Let the one who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is of a man. And the Good God Almighty, you may be seated in the house of the Lord. Good God Almighty today. All right, here we go. Um, quickly, we're in a series. It's on Revelation. In the, in the first part of the book, he talks about uh, testing. Christians, you're going to go through trials. Christians, you're going to go through testing. And when you do, you have two choices, faithfulness or compromise. That's one through three. Then four and five, he says, Christians, you should be and you should understand that your job is to worship God on his throne. That's all that's happening in heaven. They're worshiping God. While you're on earth, he says, if you're here, what I want you to do is, I want you to realize that your job is to, is to live your life to worship me, not to worship yourself or anything that I have created. In light of that, if you worship me, then you're going to live with what he calls stability and peace. Say those two words, stability and peace. That's what you're going to live with. So he then says, if you don't do that, you're going to end up, please listen to me, living a life of fear and anxiety. Or you're going to end up living a life trying to get things to, to suppress the pain in your heart. And it won't be able to suppress it because what your heart longs for is to worship the true and living God. That's what he says. So then we got into some other stuff and we got into all the trials and all the, the seals and all the trumpets. And today, today we're getting into the bowls, right? But the, 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 the seals and the trumpets and the bowls are, are God's wrath upon the world because they won't turn and repent. And so God is saying, hey man, I, this is going to run out. There is an appointed time. And if you don't turn, then I, you give me no other option but to pour out my wrath. So that's why some people who are, who are unbelievers say, I don't understand your God. Why is your God so good and yet still he created hell? Why is your God so good and yet still he allows peace, I mean suffering and pain? How can you say your God is so good and yet still evil exists? And many people said, I'm not following Jesus because I do not understand how a good God can allow this to happen. And all I tell them whenever they say something like that to me is, I said, do you realize how arrogant your statement is? I said, here's how arrogant your statement is. You, you just got here the other day. You fit to leave in a couple of years. And you want to say that you know more than the God of the universe and your wisdom and intellect and understanding is better than the God of the universe. So that's why your thoughts are higher than he is, which is why you have the audacity to say, how could a good God do that? At least say to yourself, self, I don't understand something and I wish God will explain it to me. So let's go through the text. Let me give you a quick summary so you know where we're heading on today in the short time I have today. Here we go. On the front side of your notes, you have this idea of these 69 weeks that we introduced two weeks ago. 
The reason that's important is because in the middle of that, you have the church age, which is where you are, and then the 70th week, which we talked about two weeks ago, is what Daniel predicted is going to happen. In the 70th week, what will, listen, what will inaugurate the 70th week is when the Antichrist makes a covenant with Israel, this is so important, don't miss it, makes a covenant with Israel to guarantee them peace. Whenever you see that happening, then that's the inauguration of the tribulation period. Now, the reason that's important is because you have to now understand the scriptures. When the scripture says God pours out his wrath towards sin. How, Pastor, help me to understand. Genesis chapter 1, 2, and 3. Hey, Adam and Eve, I want you to flourish under me. You will flourish under me, Adam and Eve, when you follow what I have said you ought to do. They did not. So God said, no, you got to go outside of the bounds because you were disobedient to my will. Then Noah shows up. And Noah says, okay, God, I'm going to try and live for you. And then wickedness rose up in Noah's generation. And God says, I've had enough. You have had enough. You don't believe me? Let me show you. Uh, go, to, go, to, go to Genesis for me, please, that first passage. And let's pick it up and see what he says. Here's what he says in Genesis 6. Then the, listen, listen, listen. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth and that every intent of the thoughts of, the heart, of his heart was only evil. Say this word with me. No, no. Every intent of the thoughts or your thoughts of, of his heart was only evil. God says, I've had enough. Watch it. Next verse. Next verse. Here's what he says. The Lord was very sorry that he had made man on the earth. And he was grieved in his heart. He was sorry. He was broken. That how could, how could man devolve into some self-centered, egotistical, me-first worldview that leaves God out? And God says, I am sick of it. And so he wiped them out with a flood. And he says, I ain't going to do it with a flood anymore. But if man continues down this path, I'll do it again. That's what explains the tribulation. Now, Genesis chapter 12, he decided that he's going to call a man, Abe. And say, Abe, through you, the world's going to be a blessing. I'm going to give you a country, and through you, the world's going to be a blessing. Listen to me, family. And he, and he chose Israel. Now, why did he choose Israel? I don't know. But that's who he chose. Why did he, why didn't he choose Jamaica? I thought that would have been a better country, but he did. He chose it. Why didn't he choose the USA? I don't know, but he chose Israel. Now listen to why this is important, which is why when you watch your TV, you mustn't just look at it through the eyes of the culture or the world. You must look at it through Bible history. So they are favored. Israel is favored from God. Now listen, don't miss this. So therefore, the re this is so important for you to get. You know when God's going to come back? God's going to come back when the devil believes he's got to take Israel out. And the reason he has to take Israel out is because that's the only way the devil can win. Is if he takes Israel out so that God doesn't fulfill his promises. But when the whole world comes against Israel and they make, listen, and they make a treaty with them on the first part, then the Antichrist is going to change on Israel and then the world, China. Russia, Egypt, everybody is going to come against Israel and that will inaugurate the end when Jesus says, I've had enough, I'm done, let me wipe all of y'all out. And it's not, listen, 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 it's not because uh, he just does so, it's because man has consistently rejected God. 
He said, Pastor, let me see that. Let me see that. Romans chapter 1. Let's go there. Romans chapter 1. Look at what Romans says. <clears throat> this is so important. Romans chapter 1. He's going to say, listen, listen. Someday today, <clears throat> it's coming. I know it is. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for the laughter. And it's still not there. I'll go read my own. Oh, all right. Here we go. 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 Um, Romans chapter well, no, I need verse 17. I don't need this verse. I need verse 17. We, we, we did this for two other services. We're, there we go. Uh, uh, uh. All right, let me go to my own Bible and read my own Bible since we don't get it yet. Ladies and gentlemen, um, the text is going to suggest to us that, um, let me go to Romans since they can't get it. And they messed me up today in the name of Jesus. Romans chapter 1, let's pick it up in verse 18. Verse 18 says, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness. Here we go. Against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who what? No, no, no. Who what? The truth in unrighteousness. What is man doing? We're, su we're suppressing the truth that God has revealed. Come here. Verse 19. Go to the next one. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Go for 18 is good. 18 is good. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness, unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Next verse. Because that which is known about God is evident within them, for God made it evident to them. Uh, uh, uh. Here we go. God says, every time you come to church, I am trying to reveal something to your heart. Every time you come. And so when you come to church, God says, and the word is broken open, then all of a sudden, your heart breaks open too. And so all of a sudden, God says, yeah, here's some stuff I need you to address. I need, ooh, 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 ooh. I need you to address this. The lies you're telling. I need you to address the lie. But you know what you do? You be like, God, hold up. I ain't ready to talk about them lies yet. So hold on, God. Let me go to my phone and get distracted so that you don't make me feel guilty about what it is you want to address. And so you suppress the truth. Some of you have been living together long enough. And God... And God's trying to address it. And he says, I need you to address something. Uh-oh. And lust wants to pop out. And you say, no, 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 not yet, not yet, not yet. God wants to address something in your heart. And it's the truth he wants to address. And some start popping out. See, lies just gone already. Some start popping out. What's this in here? What's it? Oh, it's just stuff popping out. Which one's that right there? I, it don't even matter. It doesn't matter. Another one. Come out here. Come out here. Pride wants to come out. Which one's this? Greed. Yeah, let this one stay right here. Greed wants to come out. And God says, uh-uh, when I give you more than enough, it's not just for you. It's to be a blessing to others. And you say, uh-uh, it's all for me, God. Put it back in here. I ain't ready to deal with that. Get it down. And every single week you come to church. And he exposes your heart. And instead of believing and taking it to God and say, okay, God, which one is this? Other gods. Instead of taking it to God and saying, God, I'm, please forgive me, God. I'm so sorry for doing this, God. And instead of doing that, you simply say, God, I don't want to deal with it anymore. And so you say, God. I just leave it where it is. But then there's a different group of you. You don't even know God. And you come to church. And he's speaking to your heart. 
And he said, hey, you know the right thing you ought to do. Come on. You know, you know that I'm inviting you. <clears throat> and you said, yeah, but I love the life I live, and you will make me change everything. So I know you want me to deal with all them things, but I don't want to deal with it. You say, I know, which one's this? Uh-oh, why does porn come out? Not porn, not porn. Um, I know you want to deal blasphemy. I know you cuss all the time, call his name in vain, and I don't want to deal with it yet, God. And so you decided, God, I would much rather your wrath than I would dealing with your truth. That is what men and women do every time you come to church or every time you go to the ocean and you see the splendor of his beauty. And instead of recognizing him as God, you put you in the center of the picture. I'm talking about, hey, look at me. <laughs> and you make yourself God more than God. And you wonder, why? You see, everybody here today, everybody here today, you're either under one of two umbrellas. You're either sitting today here and you're under wrath, and some of you don't even know it. But you're under the banner of wrath, and you don't even know it. And what's coming for you is wrath. What's heading in your way is wrath. And I'm not a hell and brimstone preacher, but you got to tell the truth sometimes. Because the wrath is coming. And my job, it is, is to remind you that wrath is coming. And therefore, you ought to do something about it. So when he opens up your heart and tells you to deal with it, he said, it's an invitation. It's what it is. He's inviting you to live on the mercy instead of live on the wrath. And so there's some of us today that are living on the mercy. And he's saying, thank you, God, for living on the mercy. But then when you come to church, he says to you, what you going to deal with today? You going to deal with the greed? And what you say, well, <laughs> I mean, I just love mercy. I really just wanted mercy so I wouldn't go to hell. But after that, I kind of want to live my own life. So leave me alone so I can live my own life and quit bringing up stuff in my heart, God. And that's where most of us end up. And the question today simply is this. What you going to do? Because the wrath of God is just there. To remind you of the love of God. So look in your sermon notes on the bottom. And let's go through these six and then we're done. Why wrath? This is how arrogant we become. Number one, humanity thinks the punishment doesn't fit the crime. Isn't that what we think? God, that don't make no sense to me. I mean, I just did a little white sin and now you want to bring all the wrath of God on me. That's because you're comparing yourself to the person next to you. You're not comparing yourself to a holy God. Because when you compare yourself to a holy God, you wouldn't just say, my little white sin. See, the challenge is, number two, the challenge is that we think we're a better God than God is. And so we think, God, yeah, you don't know what you're doing. I mean, we're educated, we're special, we're enlightened. So God, you just, you just want to manipulate us. You don't really know what's going on, but we got me some education. Which makes you God, because you can think better than God. The third thought then is, from there, no one is under the wrath of God, but those who choose to be under it. Why? Because the heavens declare the glory of God. And so every time you choose wrath, you're saying to God, I know you exist, but I don't care. I want to live my own life. 
and you're choosing it. God didn't put you there. You chose to be there. And so then, next one, number, number four says simply, holiness destroys anything not protected by the blood of Jesus. Anything not protected by the blood is destroyed, absolutely obliterated by God. I want you to go to Revelation 15, 5. Go there for me. Let me show you what this says. Look at this. This is what he says. The bowls comes from the perspective of the throne room of God. So now you're seeing the holiness of God. What's in the throne room of God? You have the presence of God. You have the moral code of God. All in there. And so when he pours these bowls out, it's not coming trying to encourage you to come back. Now he's saying, my time has run out and I am pouring my wrath out on you because you have perpetually disobeyed me. Watch what it says. After this I looked and the sanctuary of the tent of witness in heaven was open. Where are these bowls coming from? From the holiest of place. So anything not covered in the blood will be obliterated. Which is why um, back in the day in Egypt, when, 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 when God came by, if you didn't have the blood over your doorpost, then you would be obliterated. There's coming a day when if you're not covered in the blood, you will, not maybe, you will be obliterated. If you got the mark of the bit, you will be obliterated. Because only thing that can stop you when the holiness of God comes by is the blood of Jesus Christ. No, listen why that's important. Because my Bible says mountains move when God's holiness comes by. The whole countries get uprooted and placed somewhere else when the holiness of God comes by. And you want to put your finger up at the great and mighty God we serve? Who have you become to think that you're all that? Over time, it happens over and over and over again. Uh, in the text, I want you to watch this now in the text. This happens sometimes. It's a principle that, calls, that says it's called the full cup principle. Somebody say that with me. The full cup principle. One more time. The full cup principle. Last time. The full. Here's how it looks. There comes a moment when God gets so t tired of the foolishness that he says enough is enough. And he's done. Let me show you how it looks. And then I'm going to show you in the text. There comes a time when God says, enough is enough. His love is patient, but it's measured. Here's what he says. He says, I'm going to show you. He says, hey man, um, I want you to repent and change your ways. And you say, well, God, maybe tomorrow. I want you to repent, country, this whole country, change your way. Ah, oh, God, I'm not ready yet. I want you to repent. And, 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 and it's been measured over time. And God's patience is going to run out. And when it gets so full that all of a sudden now, it's so full and it starts to flow over, God says, I'm done. My wrath shall come upon you now. And let me show you, because some of you be like, Pastor, that ain't in the Bible. Go to Genesis chapter 15. Watch this. Watch this, Genesis chapter 15. Um, here's what it says. Watch it. God said to Abe, now for certain that your descendants will be strangers in a land that is not theirs, where they will be enslaved and oppressed, listen, for 400 years. Next verse. But I will also judge the nation whom they will serve, and after they come, will come out with many possessions. 
Next verse. Here we go. Uh, here we go. As for you, you shall go to your fathers in peace. You will be buried at a good old age. Watch verse 16 and highlight it in your Bible. Next verse. Then to the fourth generation, they will return here for the iniquity, that's the sins, of the Amorite is, here's the word, not yet complete. In other words, there comes a time when your sin is complete. And when it is, God says, enough is enough. And he's going to wipe everything out. What do you think the tribulation is? The tribulation is when God says, enough is enough. I have seen it. I have heard it. I got it. I'm wiping it all out. Come here, let me show you. Go now to verse chapter 16, 9, 11, and 21. Chapter 16 of Revelation, 9, 11, and 21. Look what he says. Then I'm done. Look what he says. Revelation chapter, yeah, here we go. Then these are the bowls coming out at them, right? They were scorched by the fierce heat. And in the midst of the bowls, they cursed the name of God who had the power over these plagues. In the midst of your pain, you still don't get it. It's designed to move you to love. And instead of moving you to love, you put your fist up at God. Look at, verse, look at verse 11. Watch it again. This is the last series of bowls. And curse the God of heaven for their pain and sores. What are they doing? How could you, God? Instead of repenting. That's what they say, last one, last verse of chapter 16, verse 21. The great hailstones, about 100 pounds each, fell from heaven on people, and they cursed God for the plague of the hail because the plagues were so severe. They cursed God. Instead of repenting, they're cursing God. There's a time when God says, enough is enough. What you will now experience is my wrath. Here's my question for you. Are you living on the wrath or are you living on the mercy? If you're living on the wrath, he says to you today, will you stop? Will you stop? When I bring up my word and when I'm trying to convince you, will you stop suppressing it? And will you allow me free access to your heart? To the people here that know Jesus and you live on the mercy, he says to you today, he says to you and to me, he says, he says, when I bring up your drama, will you stop treating it like it's no big deal? Will you stop treating it like, well, everybody else is doing it? Will you stop treating it like, well, I tried? Will you stop, and will you take it to him so he does not have to discipline you in the name of Jesus? So here we go today, here we go. I don't even have time to go through all my bowls today. It's all answered. Just get the sermon notes, okay? God bless you. Now, here's how I'm closing my sermon today. If you're on the wrath, God says, the reason you have drama today is because I love you and I want you to flourish like I intended you to flourish. Will you simply accept me as your personal Lord and Savior? That's all he's saying today. And so for you, don't suppress it anymore. Well, well, I got something to do. I got to go watch the game. I got to go do, I got to, I got, I got, enough, enough, enough. Will you just accept 
and say, God, I get it. Thank you for your mercy. And I will respond to you appropriately today. And I will accept you as my personal Lord and Savior. Will you do it? The only reason there's wrath is because you have cheapened his mercy. That's the only reason. So instead of cheapening it, will you respond to it today and not try to suppress it? And then for those of you who have been in church your whole life, and for those of you who think you're so mature and you're so godly, to you he's saying, can you stop the foolishness, please? I want you to flourish. I want you to have life the way I intended you to live it. Will you please, when I bring truth to you, will you please stop everything you're doing and respond to the truth I just gave you? I'm giving you truth right now. And you know the one he's talking about. Will you respond to it and just go correct? Pastor, it's complicated. You just don't get it. And no, no, no. Don't be worried about me. Worry about God. Because God says, I have given you the opportunity to flourish in life. But the path you're on is not one of flourishment. It's one of destruction. Just because you're on the mercy don't mean you can't face destruction. Just because you want the mercy. See, that's the problem. Most of us got to get saved because you just don't want to go to hell. God says, no, no, no. I want you to bring heaven to earth and make a difference for my glory. You're not living like that. And I want you to today. So here's your choice as we go to prayer. God, if you're on the wrath, please forgive me, God. I want to accept you as personal Lord and Savior today, God. I've, I've suppressed it enough. I've been to church after church and I've tried it. I've heard sermon after sermon. And, and God, I've, I've come up with all the reasons in the world. But on today, God, I just want to say, I surrender all. And if you're here today and you're a Christian, he's saying, what's that thing that he's been asking you about now for five years? And you're still, you're on the mercy. So you're going to heaven. <laughs> but you live in Bokwa on your way to heaven and he's saying will you will you not suppress it today and will you respond to my truth Heavenly Father be with your people speak to every last one of us everyone will you help us to respond to the good news of the gospel whether it's for salvation or whether it's for sanctification will you help every person under the sound of my voice to respond to your truth. Help us never to be the same again. Protect us from hard-heartedness where we hear truth all the time and we don't do anything about it. Teach us, will you please? We will never be the same again because of it. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said? Come on, give God a round of applause, everybody. No, listen. I don't want you to leave now if you know our church. This is the worst time in a service to leave because this is when God's at work. If you're here today, what I want you to do is if God's been speaking to you, then when everybody's going out, I want you to come down. And if that's you, salvation, all the services so far, people have been making decisions for God. That's you. Then I want you to switch umbrellas today. And the way you do that is by accepting Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. And so I want you to, in a moment, when everybody's going out, I want you to come on down and give us the opportunity to do that for you. Number two, if you're here today and you're living for God, but as you live for God, you've been suppressing some areas that he's wanted you to deal with, then on today, 
I want you to come up and agree with somebody and say, from today forward, I get it, God, and I'm going to respond by taking this to you. If that's you and everybody's going out, I want you to come on down. Father, bless your people today. Will you guide them? Will you provide for them? God, whatever those issues are that we're dealing with, help them to take them to you. And please deal with them today, not tomorrow, not an hour from now, today. We pray this in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Now, family, listen. If you're a couple, I think there are only about 10 slots left for that couple's event. Uh, please make sure you go register for it. You do not want to miss it, I promise you. Lastly, it's this Friday, by the way. And number, don't come here on Wednesday. Ain't nothing here on Wednesday. So you have a free day on Wednesday. And then uh, make sure you use those invite cards to invite somebody to church. Thanks so much. You're dismissed. God bless.